Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the Everything USC podcast on Believe, the number one content network for professionals. The place to find a sports or pop culture show for passionate fan bases across multiple platforms. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? I'm your host, Nara Wang, and I'm thrilled to welcome back for episode 59, a now two-time national championship winning head coach, the leader of the 2021 and 2022 NCAA champion USC beach volleyball program, Dane Blanton. Coach, I'm enjoying this annual tradition of having you back on the Everything USC podcast after you win a national title. Nice. Well, thanks for having me on. I'm enjoying it as well. And uh, the more we can do it, the better, but not easy to come by a national championship. A lot of work and uh, even harder to repeat. So this last year was, you know, those last couple of years, really magical, the, the athletes that we have and, and um, the accolades and, and the success that we were able to attain was really something special. And it's bittersweet having 11 seniors graduating this year. But That's the nature of the beast with college sports. For sure. We're going to go into everything throughout this show. But of course, if you enjoy the Everything USC podcast, please subscribe, download, and rate it wherever you get your favorite podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn, or go right to the website at Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com, on social media at Believe Network. For me, you can find and follow me on Twitter at Nara Wang Sports, N-A-R-A-W-E-N-G Sports, and Dane, let the people know how they can reach out to you or the team. Yeah, I'm uh, Dane Blanton on Instagram, and the team can be reached, you know, if you go to the USC athletic page and just click on Beach Volleyball, you get all the information, get all the links there as well, and not only myself, but most of my players really accessible and love to be great ambassadors of the sport of beach volleyball. The Everything USC Podcast is brought to you by Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in game betting, props, and futures. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, B L E A V 50, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. After winning the NCAA championship last year and returning many of the players that contributed to that title, including All-Americans Tina Graudina, Megan Kraft, Sammy Slater, and Julia Scholes, the USC Beach Volleyball squad started the 2022 season as the number one ranked team in the nation. The Trojans won the season opener at Long Beach State, but would drop to number two in the country after losing in their second duel of the season at UCLA on March 5th. The women of Troy would reclaim the top spot about a month later, but not before even falling to the number three ranking for a couple of weeks despite not losing. USC would tear through the month of April, winning 10 times against top 10 ranked squads. Four of those came against the third ranked crosstown rival Bruins, the final two to take the Pac-12 championship. 
SC was given the top seed for the NCAA championship in Gulf Shores, Alabama, and, like the year before, didn't drop a duel, defeating Tennessee Martin, Florida Atlantic, Florida State, and UCLA in the winner's bracket, and then taking out the Seminoles in the final to complete the repeat and add a fifth national title to the program's trophy case. Coach Dane Blanton, how would you compare winning this year to winning in 2021? Well, I thought this year was uh, was a lot more difficult because the expectation was so high. You know, any national championship is so difficult to win. But having the the group that I did after we won last year, they were extremely focused on coming back and doing it again. Despite the pressure, they focused on trying to be the best volleyball player that they could be. And that was really the theme uh, of our team was to try to reach your potential, to try to become the best version of yourself. And you know, we were able to do it, but every every match we go out there, we just try to play the best volleyball that we can, and and hopefully the score will take care of itself. And uh, they were laser laser locked in and uh, playing some of the best volleyball of their lives on the weekend in Gulf Shores. And really, that's what it's all about: timing and peaking at the right time. So after that one loss at UCLA early in the season. The team finishes on a 36-duel winning streak, the second longest in school history and the longest within a single season. The 37-1 overall record is behind only the undefeated 2015 AVCA National Championship team and the 38-1 NCAA title team in 2017 in overall winning percentage. So where do you think this squad ranks among the other great teams in USC beach volleyball history. I've said it before, but I think this team was the greatest collegiate beach volleyball team ever assembled at any program since the NCAA has begun in 2016 with sponsoring beach volleyball. So that says a lot about this team. I think we had, you know, our top three teams could have played at the one position at a lot of programs and we just were physical. We were strong. We were tall. We were extremely athletic, and we were very fortunate to be able to put together such a dynamic squad. And you already said that there was a lot of pressure, of course, to try and repeat the championship, but did having so many returning players from last year's team make it a little easier in a way because they already knew what it would take, kind of like two sides of the coin, there's pressure to repeat, but then having so much experience also helps out? Yeah, well, that's what you get, right? You win a championship and you have a lot of returners they are going to have a lot of experience. And so that is what is going in your favor. And, you know, everybody expects you to do as well as you did the year before or even better with the more experience. And it's hard to do because you've just won. You've just reached that pinnacle and you want to stay on top of that mountain. And the way you do it is focus in on one day at a time. If you think about anybody caring about you winning last year, you're in for a rude awakening. No one cares what you did yesterday. You got to go out there and prove it every single day. And that was our focus to go out there and prove it every day. It didn't matter what you did last week, last month, last year. It, it's about what's in front of you. And the players embrace that. And I believe once they got that little bit of a wake up call on March 5th, as you said, which was our only loss, they said, you know, we don't want to feel that again. We want to dominate teams. And they were able to go out and do it. Yeah, dominate is correct, and to roll through the NCAA championship in the manner in which the team did, have you ever felt that the team was threatened at any point during the season where you're like, 
were not quite reaching it or did it just keep getting better and better and peaking at the right time? Yeah, I never really had doubts with the team's ability, but as a coach, you know that um, a lot of times you go out and you don't play up to your ability. So that's what a coach's job is to do, is to get that team prepared to play to the best of their ability every single time they go out. And so we were able to pull that off. And at no time was I, you know, were we up against the wall or facing elimination? I think they were able to dominate to the level where we were not put in that pressure situation. And we did that by playing with a sense of urgency from the first whistle. This is the Everything USC podcast. I'm Nara Wang. My guest today, Olympic gold medalist and the head coach of the back-to-back defending national champion USC beach volleyball squad, Dane Blanton. If you enjoy the show, subscribe, download, and rate it wherever you get your favorite podcasts, or go right to the website, Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com, on social media, at Believe Network. For me, I'm on Twitter, at Sports. N-A-R-A-W-E-N-G Sports. Coach Dane Blanton, where do the people find you and the team on social media? I can be found uh, on Instagram, uh, Dane Blanton, and uh, the team can be found at the USC Athletic website and you just click on beach volleyball and you can find out everything about the team when we're playing what our schedule is all that good stuff and a lot of the players really accessible and all of them really great ambassadors of the sport and you know I'm actually looking forward to some of these players turning pro and seeing what they can do professionally it's going to be really exciting Marcus Grant here from the NFL Network, and you're checking out the Everything USC podcast with my old roommate, Nara Wang, on the Believe Podcast Network. I believe in Trojan sports. Hope you believe, too. Fight on. Now let's dive into the players and the honors that come with winning a national championship. The number one pair of Tina Graudina and Haley Harward, named first-team All-Americans and the National Pair of the Year by the American Volleyball Coaches Association, and the Pac-12 named them the conference's pair of the year as well. They had a 31-1 and record together, the only loss coming in the one-team defeat against UCLA on March 5th. That 30-match win streak to finish the season is the second longest streak in program history by a pair. Only the ridiculous 103 straight wins by Kelly Clays and Sarah Hughes from April 2015 through April 2017, can top that run by Graudina and Harward this season. The number two pair, Megan Kraft and Sammy Slater, second team AVCA All-Americans. They went 26-2 on the season. The only losses coming late in the season at the NCAA Championship, both to Florida State. And the number three pair of Delaney Maple and Julius Scholes had a stellar 29-1 and record on the season, and all first-team Pac-12 were Graudina, Harward, Slater, Kraft, and Scholes, and Maple gets a second-team all-Pac-12. Tina Graudina, one of the most decorated players in collegiate beach volleyball history. She's the second Trojan to be a four-time first-team All-American, joining Sarah Hughes, and just the fourth player overall. And she's the first player ever to win the Pac-12 Player of the Year three times and the first in USC history to be a four-time All-Pac-12 first-teamer. Sammy Slater, 
the fourth three-time All-American for USC, and earned her fourth All-Pac-12 award. There's so much depth on this team that at number four, you had the Norse Twins, and at number five, the grad transfer from Stanford, who was a first-team All-American last year, Sonny Viapondo, joined up with Molly Eberton to hold down the fort at the five position. So just a stellar group with Graudina Howard, Kraft Slater, Maple Skulls, the Norses, and Eberton and Viapondo. So basically, the changes you made from last year to this year were that you mixed up those top two teams where before you had Graudina and Kraft and Scholes and Slater together to win the championship last year. And I remember last year we talked about how you made the switch among the top three pairs midseason and that kind of maybe helped push the team toward that national championship in 2021. This year you made the changes going into the season but basically kept it consistent throughout. So what was the reasoning to break up the top two pairs from last year to form the new pairs for this season. Well, last year we had a lot of height and a lot of blockers on the team. Uh, we lost Joy Dennis and we also lost Haley Hallgren, who were both net players at the net. So the thinking was splitting up Megan Kraft and Tina Gradina gave us more depth, more uh, another team with height. Even though those girls together, those two players are, are so dominant and had such a great season last year, I think in the format where you got to win three out of five matches in a duel, it was better serve us to split them up. And that was the reasoning there. So we had Meg Kraft with Sammy Slater, who's just a, a solid player for us the entire time or entire career here. And putting those two together to see how the chemistry worked out was was instrumental. And at the top, Haley Harward, one of the most you know fantastic athletes you'll ever see. So quick, such a great vertical. Complementing Tina Gradina's net game was the idea behind that. And then in the third spot, you put Delaney Maple, who's a sophomore with a fifth-year COVID senior in Julia Skulls. And all of a sudden, you got you know, kind of lightning in a bottle with these three teams that that have so much volleyball knowledge, such volleyball IQ. And it was just really fun to watch. It's hard to put the right pairs together where the two players really vibe and get along and push each other, make each other better. And that was the case on all of the teams, the twins, Nicole Norse and Audrey Norse last year had a great season, but weren't very successful in the Pac-12 and the national championship match. And they really came back this year and avenged those losses and just dominated, especially during the end of the season. And as you said, Sonny and Molly at the five spot were fantastic as well. That's why I say that this team was the best team assembled thus far in collegiate beach volleyball. And Tina Gradina, you mentioned something special, right? She's a... Uh, a once in a while player. If you can land a player like that, you're in really great shape. She just has the confidence, the skill, first player in the collegiate game to go to the Olympic Games and qualify for the games and then to get a fourth place in Tokyo really set the the level. And we were able to, with all that talent, beat up on each other in practices and make each other better. And that was the key to our success. 
And let me clarify one of the stats. I threw out Delaney Maple and Julius Scholes were 29-1 at the number three position, but 36-1 overall on the season, which was actually the best dual record among any of the pairs. And you mentioned Tina Graudina representing her native Latvia and going all the way to the bronze medal match at the Tokyo Olympics. How big was her experience at the Olympics and carrying it over into this season for not just her, but the whole team? It was huge. You know, everywhere we went, Tina was a draw. People wanted to watch Tina Gradina play. You know, you got a player who's playing at the collegiate level, but has already experienced the Olympics and created an opportunity where she was in a medal match to win a bronze medal and lost that match, got fourth place. But I'll tell you what, when you're a player, not only on the other side of the net, but even a teammate of hers, when you're around her, she just makes everyone better. She leads by example. She really set the tone for professionalism and what we're all about here at USC. And the other players, they saw that and they handled their business in a similar manner. So when you can have a player of that caliber leading your squad and, and setting the example, it pushes the level uh, higher than it's been before because everyone knows how important and how difficult it is to make it to the Olympic Games. And obviously, when you break up a couple of really good pairs in Gradina Craft and Skull Slater from last season to mix it up a little bit, like you said, to change the heights and everything like that on the team and what people can bring to each pair, how did the players react when you brought the changes to them? Well, great. At first, you know, whenever you put new players together, they're, you know, they go with it. They're sometimes a little skeptical. Sometimes they're excited. Uh, you get all sorts of emotions, but you don't really know what you have until you play with them for a little bit of time and you see how they gel and see how they respect one another. Do they trust one another? Are they able to communicate with one another? All of those things are really big components on whether a teammate is going to work with a certain other teammate. And so we have to tweak with that here and there. Some players, you you know, you can tell right off the bat, they don't want to play together. Some want to play together right away. So I think finding those combinations early this season, sticking with those combinations only gave us an advantage. And I believe that the pairs got better and better as the season went on. And that is exactly what you're looking for. And the one really new group compared to last year was the number five team of Eberton and Via Pondo. And like I mentioned earlier, Sunny coming in from Stanford, she was an All-American last year, and she comes in to pair at the number five, which is just a testament to what you're saying about the depth of this team. So how did that group end up coming together at the five pair, and they played really well together? Yeah, first of all, we, we thought that Carolyn Schaefer, who's a great player, came from Cal and played on the number one teams. We thought she was going to play with Sunny Viapondo. The chemistry didn't quite work out as we tried that early on in the season. So we were fortunate to have Molly Eberton come back to the team. She had left the team in the fall to pursue some work experience and some academic stuff that she was working on, but then decided, hey, I want to use this last year and, and really play for this team. So we were fortunate for Molly to come back and she ended up being the right person for Sonny. Sonny's a defender. Molly's a, a net blocker type player. And they really gelled, especially during the end of the year, and were able to play great volleyball. And that was a big component because we knew, you know, we had to be successful at that four and five position. 
And when they started playing better, it just gave everybody else on the squad more confidence. And one final accolade I need to mention that you were named the Pac-12 Coach of the Year. Of course, very well deserved, but somehow, once again, not named the AVCA National Coach of the Year. That went to Kristen Rohr of Grand Canyon University. And I listen, they had a nice year, probably unexpected, but does the AVCA just need to rename the National Coach of the Year the Coach of the, of the Year who exceeded expectations? I mean, come on, you went 37-1 and one and went back-to-back. Back. How are you not the National Coach of the Year? Oh, man. Well, you know, when, when things are voted on, you know, things can get a little um, subjective and a little squirrely. And, and, you know, as you mentioned, you know, that's that's kind of how a lot of things are looked at sometimes. It's like, oh, let's compare what you did last year or to this year or, oh, maybe this is the best year you've ever had. So therefore you get the coach of the year. So, I, you know, I don't know exactly what that criteria is. It's always great to be recognized. Kristen Rohr is a fantastic coach and had a fantastic season. But, you know, with those, a lot of those awards, the Coach of the Year Award, those are, those are voted on before the national championship. And so, you know, what you do in those championships is, is really not considered. But I think, you know, the bottom line is it's nice to be recognized by your peers, but here at USC, you know, we're going after that one trophy that you got to earn on the court, and that is the national championship. All the other stuff is nice. All the accolades are nice, the player of the year, the pair of the year. But that big trophy is what we shoot for. The other things, you know, if they come our way, we're really appreciative of it. And if they don't and they go to someone else who's deserving, that's awesome as well. And that's the exact right attitude to have. But if we're going to talk about this every year, I'm going to keep railing on your behalf. Dane <laughs> I'm just going to say that right now because you have to win a coach of the year at some point. And it shouldn't be in a year where you don't win a championship. That would be crazy. But I appreciate it. <laughs> this is the Everything USC podcast on Believe. I'm Nara Wang. I am joined today by the head coach of the USC Beach Volleyball Program, the back-to-back defending national champions. Dane Blanton, also Olympic gold medalist on the beach as well, representing Team USA. And if you want to find this show, subscribe, download, and rate it on all of your favorite podcast directories, Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn, or go to the website Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com, on social media at Believe Network. For me, you can find and follow me on Twitter at Sports N-A-R-A. W-E-N-G Sports, and where can the people catch up with you and the team? You know, you can always catch up with me. My platform of choice would be Instagram, probably Dane Blanton, just uh, straight up my name. And then to get a hold of the players, they're out there on Instagram as well. But everything USC, you can find the team's information, the players' information, all at the USC Athletics uh, website. Just click on Beach Volleyball and uh, you can get yourself up to date. This is Rashawn Haylock, KTLA sports reporter and LA Sparks broadcaster. And you're listening to the Everything USC podcast with Nara Wang on Believe. After winning a second straight national championship, Coach Dane Blanton, I need to ask you about next year. So going for the three-peat in 2023, like you mentioned, a lot of veterans on this team who have used up their eligibility, and we might see a much different USC Beach Volleyball squad next year. So who is going to be returning? 
and who is the team losing and what do you want to say about those who have done so well for this program? Yeah, I mean, first off, Tina Gordina, her era has ended now. And, you know, I, I believe she won three or four National Player of the Year. She was a four-time All-American, just completely dominated from start to finish. And her being our, our leader, leaving and going to play professionally and shooting her sights at Paris for the next Olympic Games, uh, it's going to be fun to watch her. But also, you know, Julia Skoll, she's going to turn professional. Haley Harward, she'll turn professional. Sammy Slater, I don't think will continue to play. Uh, she's always told me she'll end her career after playing beach volleyball at USC. She was absolutely fantastic. But looking forward, we lose 11 players, if you can believe it, this year. But we will be bringing in nine new players. That's a few transfers, probably, and probably seven freshmen. And I love the freshman class that we have coming in. They're big. They're strong. They're athletic. And they're going to complement the base that we have. And so that base right now would be Megan Kraft, who I believe will be the best player in the country. Delaney Maple, they are both going to be entering their junior year. You have Audrey and Nicole Norse. They will be entering their junior year of eligibility as well. And then those players combined with the new blood that are coming in i'm really excited to see what we we're able to accomplish are you already thinking about what the combinations could be at the pairs i mean i think we're gonna assume that the norse twins will stick together of course but is it gonna be maple and craft combination or are you still waiting to see what you're gonna end up getting when everyone comes in you know, I don't know if it'll be Maple and Kraft because the two have so much experience. I may want to pair them with younger players to really pull those younger players up and give them the experience rather than isolate our experience on one team. So have flirted with a lot of different combinations. Twins, yeah, they love to play together. So we will hopefully be able to keep them together as they continue to thrive and, and go for that potential that they can reach. And who knows where that is because each year they're getting better and better. So it's going to be a combination of a lot of new, new talent with some very experienced talent. And it'll be my job as well as Gustavo, my assistant coach and Laurel Weaver, who have been tremendous in building and helping this team get to the level that it is, but we kick around all sorts of combinations and we'll try to figure out the, the winning formula. It's not an easy task. Do you think then that next year there's going to be a little more tinkering, especially early in the season with different combinations before you land on the right ones? Well, absolutely. Cause you don't know the players as well. When you have a player for three, four years, you start to know what they're capable of, what they're able to do. It's going to be, you know, kind of a snake pit in a sense that there's so much opportunity if you're coming in as a freshman and who's going to work hard, who's going to come in strong, who is going to come in kicking down doors and wanting to make a difference. And those players will emerge. And um, you see it from day one. Some people show up prepared, some people don't. And the ones that do usually have an edge, usually take it a little more seriously, and they will be vying for those starting positions. So finally, we've seen the growth of collegiate beach volleyball. This tournament at the NCAA championship expanded to 16 teams this season, and it's going to be tough. But what are the chances that I get to talk to you again next year after a three-peat? 
Well, I think my job is to position the, you know, the team to have opportunities. And I think that we've already done that with our recruiting class. And um, it's just going to matter of how much improvement we can make from day one, how strong the, the freshmen come in, how much gains that the experience of the veterans, you know, Megan Kraft already is touring the world, playing on the FIVB and gaining all sorts of experience. So there's a good chance that we're in this similar situation and competing for a national championship. That's what we do here at USC. And we, we, we try to create the premier program. If you want to reach your potential, become your best, you know, you come to USC. And one thing we didn't mention is how great this team was academically. Get this, since they've been tracking GPAs for teams here at USC, this year, the team had the best GPA in the history of any team at USC. So you can imagine we're getting it done in the classroom as well as on the court, which is absolutely huge. And that's what it's all about, graduating players with a great experience and that they go on to represent the Trojan family and the Trojan tradition. And I think we have accomplished that and we'll send 11 of them out in the real world this year. That is an amazing stat and tells you how great this team was all around, not just doing the athletic achievements on the sand, but also in the classroom. So that's a great note for us to end on. And Coach Dane Blanton of the USC Beach Volleyball team, it's always an honor to have you on. And I hope we are talking about yet another national title next year. I'm all about it. Let's make it happen. And uh, thanks again for having me on. For my guest, Dane Blanton, two-time NCAA champion head coach of the USC Beach Volleyball team. I'm Nara Wang. Thanks for joining us for episode 59 of the Everything USC podcast presented by Bet Online on Believe, the number one content network for professionals, the place to find a sports or pop culture show for passionate fan bases across multiple platforms. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? And as I end every show, please remember to fight on. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.